Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is Baywatch, starring Dwayne Johnson, Zac Efron, and many other beautiful people. Uh, spoiler warning, just in advance, we've seen the film, and uh, we'll be discussing it having seen the film. So if you don't want it spoiled, just tune out now, see the film first, and then come back to us here on Pod Me If You Can. Lloyd, uh, The Rock can do no wrong. He's a billion-dollar franchise in himself, isn't he? And the thing is, like... Before I follow him on Instagram and before this movie came out, you know, when he was involved in the casting and everything like that, you would get these images where it was like, boom, this person signed on, they've joined the cast and, you know, he's hyping it so far in advance that you feel like it can do no wrong. Uh, Alexandra Daddario, who worked with him on San Andreas, you know, we've uh, covered that on the podcast last year or something. And every time somebody joined in, uh, he would tweet it and he would be like, the cast's getting better and better. And, you know, it's like an ongoing social media. I think they've done well with Baywatch. Did you ever watch the original show? Oh, yeah. Baywatch was a PG show that bordered on softcore pornography. Uh, you know, it was probably the biggest TV show from the 90s. Like, at its height, um, it was getting a weekly audience of 1.1 billion people spread across like 142 countries. Probably the biggest show from memory from the 90s, uh, like that and X-Files. But we always, uh, I don't know about your your school, Dave, but we always took it as a, like a joke. It, it never took itself really serious at all. No, I mean, you would have been a fan of Pam Anderson from Home Improvement. Oh, yeah, yeah, because so I loved she, Home Improvement. <laughs> yeah, and then so she's carried over from being the tool-time girl to suddenly being a lifeguard. Absolutely, it didn't take itself too seriously. I was a Yasmin Bleeth fan myself, but basically, yeah, it was a joke. It wasn't really discussed around the water cooler like a... Uh, like suppose, X-Files or something. Yeah, X-Files got quite a run, but for me, the show that you couldn't miss was Seinfeld. Yeah, everyone, for Simpsons, some reason, Seinfeld, yep. back when everyone used to watch the same TV show. And Channel 10, everything was Channel 10. <laughs> <laughs> so Baywatch was, I don't know, not, like, it, you know, it didn't take itself too seriously. It was jokey. And, I mean, David Hasselhoff was hokey in himself. And, um, I mean, does that translate here? What did you think of the 2017, basically, remake, I guess, film imagining of this this franchise. I was shocked to see Seth Rogen and the producers choosing to go with the heavier R rating for the sake of penis jokes and and f bombs. I, I thought it was really unnecessary, and I have a lot of issues with this movie. But I have to admit, I laughed several times. I think Dwayne Johnson and Zac Efron are terrific comedic actors the the rock calling Efron Bieber and Kendall like all those little jokes just had me in stitches um, one direction <laughs> one direction the women as expected are all stunning they even got the very beautiful Bollywood actress Priyanka Chopra as the villain I think she was in a movie we covered recently Triple X 
Um, oh, was she? I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe she was or wasn't. But I, for some reason, as the villain and action sort of villain, it just reminded me of that character in Triple X, that rogue sort of agent. But she might not have been. It just. I'll just have had, a look. It just had the same qualities. Mm-hmm. But the girls have nothing to do in this movie, really. Like the show from memory, at least gave the glamours something to do with the plot. They're all just background dressing and excuse to show their their breasts, as with the original. TV show, but they do nothing for this plot, really. The film is self-referential and self-aware. Its major comedic weapon is highlighting how ridiculous it is that the lifeguards are doing police work, but that's all it has in the tank. It's very clueless, and it relies so much on The Rock and Efron to bring in these jokes. But the biggest thing, Dave... That is wrong with this film. It is Seth Gordon. While I loved his documentary, The King of Kong, his movies are just terrible. He has to be one of the worst movie makers working in Hollywood today on a technical level. Baywatch is one of the worst made movies I've seen in a long time. A big test for a competent filmmaker is a dinner table scene. It's really hard to get things right. It's really hard to nail in terms of craft, like getting the eye lines right, the spacing, the framing and coverage. It's all very crucial where you place the camera. And that scene in Baywatch where they're all having lunch and The Rock is telling the new recruits that they are more than just lifeguards and the comedy relief is having a salad and he's shocked at what they're all eating. That scene is so poorly done. The editing was so disorientating. The the coverage, my gosh, Seth Gordon has no idea where to put the camera and he has no understanding of basic cinematic grammar. How Zac Efron and The Rock were able to get their jokes through the technical flaws of this film is just a testament to how good those guys are on, on comedic delivery and everything like that. Like the editing is so choppy, nothing, there's no room to breathe for for these comedic punchlines and oh my gosh Dave the CGI in this movie well, mm. was the was the show ever this bad or was that the joke of the movie look at how awful the CGI fire is and the CGI helicopter I don't remember the TV show being this terrible <laughs> it's so inexcusable for a 69 million dollar movie to, to, to come out with crap like this. Like, I've seen student films online by students who have made films with little A7S cameras, and it's way better than anything. I, I can't believe I spent $20 on this piece of shit. It's <laughs> only saving grace is this really great cast that has a great comedy um, uh, chemistry together. But, oh, my gosh, this is so poorly done. I agree, and I spent $22 on it. That's my first note. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, The Rock has had his first misstep in a few years. Um, We hated San Andreas, but that's a big hit, so what would I know? Well, yeah, this is the thing. I mean, The Rock is basically a star in every country, and if you saw the opening titles, you saw Shanghai Media and Huao Huao Media. So this is going to be big in China, you know, they've... There's a scene in a Robert Redford film called Spy Game where they're trying to negotiate uh, an amount of money to con- secure a release of a prisoner. And that's all I'll say. And they cut to the um, Chinese people that are watching Baywatch while they're giving numbers. And uh, it's so beautifully comedic. It's a nice little scene. 
I just imagine Baywatch is huge in Japan, China, Asia. Uh, these beautiful American people living their American dream on the beach, you know. I feel like this is going to export big and um, probably be a hit in the same way San Andreas was. But honestly, I think most people were two-dimensional. They've really tried to model the 21 Jump Street kind of franchise, Absolutely, I think. Absolutely, yeah. With The Rock and Zac Efron. And it hasn't worked here. And I don't know I, I don't know if that's down to the script. Like, it wasn't fun for me. It wasn't funny for me. I was in a screening with 20 to 30 people, pretty silent the entire time. And for me, Ronnie, though it's a breath of fresh air to get a not-so-aesthetically-beautiful person, you know, to be the comedy relief and, you know, for him to represent the everyman in this beautiful Baywatch scenario, uh, his jokes didn't really land for me. Yeah, he, he was funny to me for some reason. I think it's the audience that I had. I had a really young audience and they loved it. They, they were laughing at everything and they were... I don't know if this is a thing with kids, man, but they're Snapchatting. Like at the very beginning, like flashes were going off on people's phones, like uh, them taking selfies of each other. And I'm, I'm assuming it's Snapchat or maybe Instagram stories or something, but um, it was so disorientating. But uh, the, the young the young kids loved it and, you know, uh, not, not too young, obviously. This is a MA-rated film in Australia and R-rated in America. I don't feel like they executed that very well, the MA... R-rated kind of film. They just basically... This could have been really accessible for everybody if yeah. they took out just a few things. Cause... I completely agree. Did it need the F-bombs? It. I don't think it did. And no. the big comedic joke of it, like it doesn't have any nudity of women, but it has a lot of penis jokes and it actually does show a penis and they're so gratuitous in the shots and in the framing of it during the morgue scene. Yeah. It would have been just as funny having the penis off screen. It would have been just as funny and you could have got that um, maybe not PG certificate but at least M-rated certificate in uh, Australia and would have been so much more accessible to a lot of people. A big, big missed opportunity here by by going that R rating just for the sake of some F-bombs and a really poor uh, taste joke of um, of Zac Efron uh, touching guy's penis, touching a dead body's penis. The balls technically, but yes. This is the thing. People who watched Baywatch were just kind of on the cusp kind of teen boys. So, you know, you want... That's your audience. 100%. So that you're actually excluding them by making this, that NC-17 or whatever it is. You're cutting out a massive piece of pie. You're cutting out the Baywatch audience. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a big mistake. You want the people who like Zac Efron and The Rock to watch this. Like, because the women in this film, like you say, they're just eye candy. They they don't have three dimensions. I found the whole storyline with uh, Summer, Alexandra Daddario, and the courtship between her and Matt Brody, played by Zac Efron, to be so lame. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're relying so heavily on those actors to bring a certain quality to it to sell the chemistry. And I do believe some of it is there, but the, the filmmakers are such poor producers and the writing is terrible there's literally nothing for them to work with i can't fault the actors here there's just nothing for them to work with and they're doing their best like the fact that i laughed six or seven times and i i recognize how terrible of a film this movie is is only a testament to how good these actors are at comedy 
And it's it's just, as you say, Dave, it's a big missed opportunity here by going this extreme level just for the sake of jokes because it certainly wasn't a very violent movie. Maybe it showed uh, dead bodies and so forth, but, you know, that there's a great, brilliant film called Planes, Trains and Automobiles done by the great John Hughes, and he could have had that as a PG rating had he dropped this scene where he just swears, I want a fucking car, I need a fu- right fucking now, you know, that that scene. And the producer said, look, if you cut that, you can get a PG rating. And because the whole movie doesn't have any swearing except for that one scene, uh, you know, and it wasn't a stretch in tone at all, but he decided to keep it in there because it was so funny. Okay, that's a great example of, yeah, it goes to the um, R rating or in, in America or MA rating here, but it does it for a, a good reason. I don't think having Baywatch, any of the jokes in Baywatch suited that R rating at all. It could have absolutely been dropped and just big disappointment. What did you think of the CGI? Did that hit you as well? Like, did that look so out of place? Well, yeah, I mean, the opening CGI when The Rock is I think that was for jokes, though. Yeah, that one was, yeah. yeah. Um, But I hated that scene because I was watching the windsurfer and he gets picked up by the wind the rock is in the water before that guy is like he's going to save him. And I was like, what kind of crazy instinct is this? <laughs> and then those three dolphins, first of all, for comedy effect in the background, but the CGI that annoyed me was the fire. Oh and I, gosh. Um, it, that is inexcusable, Dave. Yeah. It, I've been to the water world, uh, uh, show. Um, it, it's a live action show. I think it was universal studios. I, I'm pretty sure it was there and it was terrific. It had fire and everything. So they can do these things. They don't need to retreat to CGI. And I'm looking at the budget, $69 million. Like it's so inexcusable to have something so poorly done and just slap it up on screen. I don't know if it's a self-referential joke that this is how bad the TV show was, but I, I just didn't go. It completely took me out of the movie. I don't remember it being that bad or having much CGI. I remember a lot of slow motion, you know, when they're running <laughs> on the beach. I remember, you know, a lot of interpersonal relationships between the characters. And which badly I mean, choreographed action scenes, but I don't remember it being this cheap, Yeah, this badly bodgy looking. And for $69 million cheap, which is the problem. So everybody loves Mitch, The Rock, And in that opening sequence, he's walking away from the beach and everyone's like, are you Batman? I heard he invented Google. (laughs) Just, they really layer on that he's the king of this beach. Really layer it on. Did I tell you um, you saved my mom one time? Yeah, you say it like every time, every time he comes past, yeah. And he just walks past and he like blocks a basketball. (laughs) (laughs) He's the best at everything. And for some reason, he's not taken. Is he romantically linked to Steph? That's what I thought as well, especially when they were kissing, when they were uh, when they were caught snooping around in the kitchen, and then he kisses her. The look she gives um, uh, the Rock was like, "Oh, there's something between them, or something going to happen." But no, <laughs> no, and um, all the character names are the same as the TV series. So there was a Stephanie Holden and everything like that. When that that bothered me too, when they went to that party scene. And he's like, I'll go snooping around with her. So Mitch and Steph go to look around and then they're kissing. He's the least invisible character. Like everyone knows who he is. He's snooping around. He's huge. He can't do undercover work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and or horribly when he's dressed as a cook and Zac Efron's dressed as some kind of cross-dresser, 
he's dressed as a woman. I was like, is this meant to be funny? <laughs> it wasn't landing at all in my cinema. And, um, yeah, I mean, the the plot with the drugs on the beach, you know, I'm okay with it. It's not the best, but you've got an A to B plot. Somebody's dealing drugs. You can see a mile away who it is. You guess a mile away that Captain Thorpe is bad. I don't know if you guessed that, Rob Hubel. The captain who's chewing them out. There were some clues there that he was a bad guy. So you pick that, and then the African-American cop, um, Sergeant... What is he, Ellaby? Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> yeah, he was really funny. More of him would have been fun because they kept commenting. Zach Efron kept going, let's call the police. You know, it would have been fun to watch the lifeguards team up with the police. Maybe they could have had like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine type police force. I remember the African-American cop. I could be remembering it wrong, but in the in the show, him being more friendlier and he would come in and try to help him out as much as possible. Yeah, it would have been better if they were teaming up together. Because mm. he he was so funny, make him part of the team. Yeah, why not? You know, I mean, you've already made him kind of buddies sort of with The Rock. And I kept thinking, because I'd seen the trailers, why would Matt Brody want to be a lifeguard? Because he's got Olympic medals and stuff. And at least they kind of made sense of that. Yeah. The fact that he's had a fall from grace, the vomit comet, you know, he's lost all his sponsors, he's basically bankrupt. And he, was, yeah, yeah, and he's sleeping under the, um, under the pier and stuff like that. that. That was nice. Yeah. So at least they gave him a journey as a character. He had a trajectory. He had a story arc. Whereas, I don't know, CJ was, <laughs> for example, um, a lifeguard at the start and at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, she got I'm, with someone at the end. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Lucky old Ronnie who represents every cinema goer. Um, who I think they mishandled a bit. Uh, let's focus on the scene, for example, where he gets a boner on the beach. Oh, yeah, and, and he gets um, his uh, penis stuck in that... Um, that in, like, a deck chair? Yeah, deck like a, chair, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was so stupid. It was like, it reminded me of Sonic, like, uh, everybody loves... No, no, there's Sonic about Mary, you know, where, oh, yeah. he, where he gets his penis stuck in the zipper. Yep. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, where I thought it was strange that The Rock, who's supposed to be a nice guy, would have him stand up yeah. vertically and, like, everybody be looking and he was like, you're fine, this happens all the time. Like, he was embarrassing him. Like, it was public humiliation. <laughs> and I get when he took the photo of uh, Zac Efron near the guy's taint. That's like, a, I'm going to post that, and, you know, it's like a joke. <laughs> and he's, like, got a bit of kind of got him back because he's, you know, they've had it into play. The, the Ronnie scene just, actually had me laughing the most, yeah. <laughs> but Ronnie's just a nice guy that they're embarrassing, you know? And he embarrasses himself singing Eye of the Tiger in the shower and then trying to be cool around CJ, which I'm sure, like, his confidence and whatever, and she got to check him out. So, you know, there's there's an interplay going on between them. I can, I'm, I'm okay with those scenes. But I don't know why The Rock embarrassed him with his deck chair penis problem. Because <laughs> The Rock, like, can break through walls. Well, you know? Was that part of his plan to um, make him so embarrassed he falls and then the chair breaks? It just seemed like that was premeditated by The Rock. I don't know why, but it just seemed like that was part of his strategy to get him free. Yeah, no, I don't know why The Rock couldn't just break one of the slats. Yeah. <laughs> just get a hammer and, you know, crack it upwards. I don't know, maybe. But, yeah, they dug a hole and had him, like, fall forward. I think that was part of the escape plan, absolutely. But it was such a strange, stupid scene that no one in my cinema was laughing. But if your cinema was having a good time... Yeah, you know, no, they, were, they were laughing the whole way through. 
Uh, if that's an indication of what how young people are in uh, are um, receiving this film, then I think it's going to have a good run financially. My favourite line of the film was after that when they're all doing the tryouts and CJ runs up in slow motion and she goes, how's your dick? <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I thought you probably could have had that joke without her even being there for the whole breaking deck chair part because everybody's heard about it at that point. You know, he's like a running joke and whatever. So she could have just heard about it as well. Just, yeah. I like I like the morgue scene where he's grabbing the guy's junk, you know, and he goes, oh, there was gloves in here the whole time. Oh, you know, <laughs> and they built up how disgusted he is being around dead bodies, how much, how bad it smells. And then they all get, they all hide in the, uh, where the do- dead bodies are stored. And then they're like, what, you guys didn't, get, you guys got an empty chamber? I'm on top of a dead body here. <laughs> and then the gunk starts falling on. They, they, they could have pushed that a lot more, that scene, and eventually he just just bursts out of the machine, out of the uh, out of that uh, storage place, and he's you know um, I think he's swallowing uh, a cleaning fluid. He's actually putting it into his mouth, and then he freezes for a moment, then puts the doctor's uh, mask over his face, and then tries to go with it pathetically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love the bit where he called him High School Musical. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is so referential in itself that The Rock is just like. <laughs> What, what, what do you think of how Zac Efron looks physically? Like, it, it seems, you know how oh, the, the guy who stars as Captain America, I'm getting a blank on his name. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Was he always that super fit or was there a big transformation in between Not Another Teen Movie and uh, Captain America? Like, obviously, he would have worked out intensely for that role. Um, it just seems like Zac Efron has always been cut, but he just seems so buff now. Like he's not as big as The Rock, but he just seems more defined than The Rock. Well, Chris Evans, let's—I mean, we're into body talk, male body talk. Here we go. <laughs> Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, was in good shape, no doubt, for um, not another teen movie, because there's a scene where he puts whipped cream on himself and he's shirtless and stuff and. People liked that. I remember and that then, quite fondly. <laughs> <laughs> and he, um, uh, for movies like since then as well, I mean, I remember when he was the Human Torch in Fantastic Four, he was in good shape, but I think he went to another level for Captain America, I, especially I agree, for, yeah. the, for the super serum scenes where he first transforms. Zac Efron has always been in good shape. Post High School Musical, I think he was just a kid with a teenage kind of body then. And to kind of break the mould of what he was doing, there was a, a crazy workout portion. He was doing, you know, that thing where they, like, act as a flag and they hold onto a pole sideways? Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but he was doing that on talk shows and stuff, and he was really ripped in lots of movies. So Zac Efron, you know, he was in really good shape. We covered Neighbours on the podcast, which was, like, bad Neighbours in in Australia because, you know, we already have a Neighbours. And um, he was in good shape in that. You know, you saw him dancing with no shirt on and things like that. Um, same as, like, Dirty Grandpa. And it became, like, a thing, you know, where he's dancing around with no shirt on to the point where now he's done Baywatch. And this is the most extreme we've seen him physically. He's worked out a lot for this role. But I looked at his abs and, you know, that thing where they paint them on to define them even more? Yeah. I really felt like that's what was going on. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, whereas The Rock... You see him nonstop on Instagram, you know, he's working out, he's in good shape. He's getting on a bit, you know, he's got a few wrinkles on the face, but no one's going to tell you The Rock's an unattractive man. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I don't know why, 
like, you know, uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum in 21 Jump Street, it worked better because one was buff and the other was, you know, sloppier or, you know, and there was a lot more comedy to play off that. But here it's two ripped guys. It's, it's well, it didn't work as well. Also, the movie's length, I think this is overlong by about 30 minutes and they, they it should have been 85 minutes max. You're in and you're out sort of thing. And I remember just looking at my watch going, oh, my gosh, there's still another 35 minutes to go, you know. And the moment the credits came up, I didn't even stop. Um, uh, stay to watch all the um, the B roll or the the outtakes which are playing over the credits. I just ran right out of the movie theater. I mean, they weren't that good, to be honest with you. Did you notice the Aussie at the beginning? They needed subtitles for. It, was that an Australian? I thought that was just a beach, uh, one of those '90s beach dudes like that. You know, talk like a ninja turtle, <laughs> gnarly okay. man. I thought it was just one of those guys. I, I didn't think he was Australian. If he was, I, I'm embarrassed I didn't pick it up. I just assumed he was like some Aussie surfer because, I mean, I'm an Aussie, but they also made a Steve Irwin joke I didn't love when it was just a stingray referencing the way you could be killed by a stingray and then one of them goes, Steve Irwin, R.I.P., you know, and it was just, I didn't, didn't get a laugh, but I don't know why they put that in, like, to prove that you could be killed by a stingray, like, I don't know. <laughs> I felt like somebody should have probably taken that out before the final edit, basically. Um, what did you think of the villain, like, Victoria Leeds, you know? Um, she's buying up properties to own the beach, like, and privatise the beach. Yeah, Priyanka Chopra, I, should, I, I just glazed at, um, gazed at her IMDb. She's not in XXX at all. She's uh, from Quantico, absolutely stunning lady. Yeah, look, when it cuts to her scenes, the movie becomes uh, much more serious i guess and it loses the momentum of the humor and it now oh now we've got to have the plot sort of thing i thought she was a perfectly serviceable villain and she had her two henchmen that tried their best to get a joke in there or, or, or two but um you know it, it it does screech it does slow down heavily um during the villain scenes and but she she was menacing and i thought a pretty interesting climax where she shoots her own men pretty much and then you know, she she has a gun. To, she she gets a shot off at the rock, and the rock gets to fire a massive firework cannon at her. <laughs> the the one thing I wanted to focus on too, uh, there was a bit where the rock does one of those action hero lines, and um, you know when like Arnold Schwarzenegger kills someone uh, or he kills an alligator, and he says your luggage and things like that. There was this jet ski pursuit where the rock is chasing this goon and then when he catches him and he he hits him with like this nappy basket um oh yeah this toilet thing and he says bath time shithead yeah. <laughs> and i was like what is happening how, how bad was his ending monologue when he was like trying to distract um, the main villain, so the firework giving enough time so the firework could explode, and he's saying all those random things like a whale's vagina or something like that. It was just so dumb, didn't land, and it was it just didn't need to go to that again. It didn't need to go to that level of profanity at all, just to sell a joke. And then oh, okay, the payoff was there's a sea urchin or whatever stuck at the back of his head, and he badly needs medical attention. You know that wasn't. That wasn't great. It would have been better if he'd referenced some earlier conversation and there'd been a callback, but the callback is the, you know, poison is yeah. killing him or whatever. Yeah. 
um, which makes him all crazy. I mean, it maybe it would have been better if it made him crazy and he did something crazy rather than say something crazy. But did you notice they didn't really have to kill the baddie, but they beat her with the fireworks. And in, in a way, uh, though she's blown to pieces, you know, it's sort of a more innocent way to defeat a baddie. Like they didn't have to choke her to death or some M.A., you know, because um, she's female, you know, so that you get a whole new kind of category of um, not wanting to get into kind of man-on-woman violence. Yeah. So they had to kind of do this firework novelty. Yeah, it's always tricky when you have a, a female as as the villain that isn't as physically imposing as, say, like Deadpool where you have, oh, geez, I'm forgetting her name. She was an MMA fighter, but she was one of the villains, but it was okay for Colossus to fight her um, because she, she imposed a lot of physicality in the film. She is an MMA fighter, and it makes for an interesting fight, but you couldn't have The Rock beat up on, <laughs> you know, on... Um, um, on the girl from Quantico, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for saving me there. You're right. Um, it's hard to pronounce her name. I'm not going to try. Let's talk about the big elephant in the film, which is the cameos of both David Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson. Did Pamela Anderson get a line off? Uh, no line. She didn't get no a line. line, okay. But it was annoying that this was in the opening titles. I kind of thought they would do it, but then they put it in the opening titles, like, and with, and introducing, or and I was, I was just waiting for them to appear. That's right, and if you didn't quite know if they were in the film, that would have paid off a lot better. But when you see... The, the key ring and you know the Rock's character is Mitch Buchanan and he was given the keys by his mentor who's also Mitch Buchanan I was like how is this this is some Ghostbusters level nonsense now <laughs> um, you know you can't have a cameo of a character who used to be in the show with the same name as the characters who are now in the film can you? She was like Casey Jean Parker and the other one was CJ Parker. Wouldn't somebody have said, oh, that's my mom or something? How did they <laughs> Just... do 21 Jump Street with uh, Johnny Depp in it? Like, how, how did that cameo work? Well, they just said he'd been undercover and he was an agent from 21 Jump Street. Like, I don't think they even named him. Here you get the, I mean, it was rubbish. The Hasselhoff's cameo was just him spouting gibberish and not quite being sentimental enough and not quite being in shape enough. And His cameo was so much better in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but again, that's just two different uh, level of filmmakers. You have Seth um, Gordon, who just isn't good, and then you have James Gunn, who's actually very good. You know, it's just they don't know how to use these stars. Mm. And then Hasselhoff's line was, you don't get, you don't just protect the bay, you are the bay, which it's like saying... You personally, Mitch Buchanan, The Rock, are the Bay. Like, you're the king of the Bay. Like, it was sort of a selfish way to phrase it. He should have been like, Baywatch are the Bay or Baywatch protects the Bay or something that encompassed all lifeguards. It was not well written. And at the end of the blooper reel, it had the two of them sitting on the beach together. Hasselhoff says, do I look tiny next to this guy? Like, you know, muscular, uh, <laughs> you know, focusing on The Rock. And he said, do I get to be in the sequel? You know, and they're teasing a sequel here, Lloyd. Oh, what do you think? I, I'm so disappointed with how this movie went because I, I've got, I, I think Zac Efron's going to be a very, very promising talent the more he matures. He's got comedy, he can sing and dance and everything like that. And once he's interested in the craft of acting, he can go, like, the sky's the limit for him. So I, I think he's got a very, very prom very good and promising career ahead of him. The Rock is absolutely fantastic. And the whole idea of Baywatch, you're on this 
beach with absolutely 10 out of 10 people. They could have they could have went in so many different directions, possibly made a trilogy out of this and maybe got a TV, rebooted a whole TV show if they simply had got competent filmmakers to make this and a competent script. If you look at the credits, there's like nine people attached to the screenplay or something. Story, it just... It's so disappointing that this film was just given no respect at all and it just relies so much on these stars to, to eke out as much comedy to pass as a film. It's such a disappointing effort, such a poorly made movie. You know, the fact that they're going to make, they're thinking of making a sequel based on this, man, you got to wake up to yourself you know you you got to completely reboot this movie to to stand a chance to, you got to give material like this to competent filmmakers it just doesn't work otherwise i really thought that this would have worked better as like a netflix 13 part series uh maybe where they kind of rebooted it like you say i kept wondering why she didn't just kill matt brody or kill any of the lifeguards because she could get away with murder. She knew what they were doing. They were snooping around as well. Yeah, exactly. And so just shoot them. I'm like Dr. Evil's son here being like, I'll get a gun. We'll do it together. I don't understand why the goons worked for her in the way they did. Like They could have they pushed had... that scene as well where um, because Dwayne Johnson was away from his post investigating the drug smuggling and then a body washes up on shore, they could have had a family nearly drown or drown and really push the absurdity of these lifeguards leaving their job to investigate, you know, to do police work effectively when they should be focusing on their job. Just a big, like they had hints of it there with the body washing up and where were you guys, but they could have pushed that a little bit more and show some of the absurdity of of the uh, mechanics of the show. It was frustrating and I stand by my statement, not fun, not funny. Like you say, uh, Zac Efron's got a nice future ahead of him. He keeps trying to do like a dramatic turn, like the paperboy. His next one is extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. And it is the story of Ted Bundy. He's playing the killer Ted Bundy. And the director is a heavily documentary uh, famous director uh, named Joe Berlinger. It looks like he's going to take this really seriously. And I mean, Zac Efron's probably sick of playing these cardboard cutout, muscly, teen heartthrob types. If he wants to be credible, he's now going to turn it around. Do a pull like a Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it's time for the Zac Efronescence, <laughs> I guess. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it, though? And The Rock has got, no doubt, a million other things. And, I mean, he's got Jumanji coming up. So it's him and Jack Black from memory. Some beautiful girl. Uh, Did you just <laughs> say he's in another reboot, Dave? <laughs> well, I mean, when when you're, uh, what is it, franchise Viagra, <laughs> you uh, boot up franchises left, right and centre. He's in... Um, Oh, look, every film he's in is going to be good for, like, release in China or whatever. But the um, the actress who is in Jumanji with him, she was Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. So um, she's getting to do something where she doesn't wear as much makeup. I'm just going to roll off the Rock's upcoming movies. The Jansen Directive, San Andreas 2, Lloyd. God. Jungle Cruise, that's probably based on a ride. Journey 3. From the Earth to the Moon, that's the third in his Journey trilogy. I haven't seen one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Doc Savage, Black Adam, Big Trouble in Little China. They're not rebooting that, are they? Big time. Oh, no. That's my favourite, one of my favourite movies of all time. Well, we're going to talk about it on the podcast. No, no, we're not, Dave. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jumanji, it's called Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Considering he did another film called Welcome to the Jungle, that seems like a mistake. Um, he's in Rampage and Skyscraper, which is about some stuff going on at the biggest building in the world. Fighting with My Family, which is a wrestling movie, and Shazam, which he plays Black Adam in. So, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think <laughs> they're all going to be mega hits as well. It's the thing, he's booked solid because you strike while the iron is hot. And uh, before he runs for president, he's got to get all these films done. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dwayne Johnson. I just wish, I, and I think everyone feels this, he, he's better than this. And, you know, but he's he's just happy to take whatever role comes along sort of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got a production company. They're making these films. They're making him millions of dollars. Nothing is hurting him. This this failure of Baywatch in our eyes, I mean, um, somebody that's been savaged by fans and critics, and he, The Rock tweeted, this wasn't made for critics. So it's for fans of the series, and he obviously felt an affinity to this project. So, Was it know. made for the fans of the series, Dave? I think you pointed out very well that the R rating in this movie has taken away, <laughs> has not allowed yeah. the fans of the series to even come see it. It is a misstep, in my opinion, but maybe this will do really well on DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, I, so I think so as well. It'll find its intended audience, but I think you basically, if you're making a movie with The Rock, you want to have as many people able to see it as possible. It's a shame that it wasn't better than it was, but it's uh, nice to kind of get it out of my system. And I, I don't know, I think it was probably worth closer to 12 bucks than 22 for me. What do you reckon? <laughs> I reckon it was worth uh, catching a stream of it on Netflix or something like that, <laughs> something that you're already paying for. And, oh, the Baywatch, let's just check this out. Yeah, catching it on TV when it gets the rights given to someone and you just happen to be watching and you're like, oh, okay, well, I haven't seen this. It's or catching not, it on a plane. It's not even a good-looking movie, like cinematography-wise or anything like that. I, just, I know... Baywatch, the TV series, is much cheaper. It's a TV um, show, but it just felt like that was better looking than this. I don't know. For its time. For, for its, its time. time, yeah, that's that's right. Like, uh, Yeah, I, technically. Yeah, th this is just a, 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 an absolute mess of a film. I can't recommend it to anyone. If you're a big fan of The Rock and Zac Efron, don't even watch this. <laughs> no, you'll have a good time watching it. Just just based on the audience that I saw it with. Is if you're a young person and you love The Rock and Zac Efron, you're going to have a good time with this movie. But I absolutely hated it and I couldn't wait for this to be over. And I was running out of the cinema, Dave. <laughs> well, that was our review of Baywatch. Uh, if you've checked it out, our apologies. Um, <laughs> at least... You've probably, you know, got it out of your system and whatever group of friends you watched it with, you can be mad at them. Uh, next time on the podcast, guys, we're going to be discussing, well, it'll be an interview. So there's an upcoming zombie movie that was shot here in Melbourne. I'll give you a direct quote from the writer-director of the zombie movie. He says, it's nothing like you'll see on any sort of Australian zombie film ever. And I'm excited to see the film. The film is currently in post-production and uh, you'll hear all, all about it. And this is the story basically of two guys that said, let's make a movie and then did it. And we're talking to one of those guys uh, next week on the show. So subscribe to us on iTunes or uh, check us out, podmeifyoucan.com. Feel free to drop us a rating or something in iTunes. It helps people find the podcast, which is always nice after a few years, you know, to get a few more listeners. And um, soon on Pod Me If You Can, you'll see us talk about The Mummy. We've got Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, there's a ton of excellent films in the summer of um, America here being released in Australia. So 
Lloyd, we've got a lot to look forward to in 2017. You always say we're spoilt for choice. Yeah, that's right. It seems like a big movie is just coming out every week. Remember when we were kids, Dave? We had to wait ages for a blockbuster film to come out. Now it's just every week. <laughs> and it's a shame uh, Baywatch wasn't the blockbuster we wanted, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll check out The Mummy and um, that will kickstart an Avengers-style universe of universal monsters. And uh, we got, we're going to have a lot to talk about here on Pardon Me If You Can. Thanks very much for listening. Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pardon Me If You Can. Movie Reviews.